morning online. So glad that you're with us this morning. Just want to remind you uh, about our Operation Heart. This is our yearly uh, kind of reach over to um, the daycare, specifically those families that um, could really use some help. And in the area of groceries, we will be receiving um, the offering. We don't really kind of receive offerings anymore because everything's online. So I want to encourage you that that link is available right now. Um, and I think there's just over $1,000 it's already been given. We're believing God for about $10,000 to be able to purchase some grocery vouchers and independent grocers, John Baxham. Backstrom is uh, agreed to help us with that, and uh, he'll be kicking in a percentage, which we're very, very thankful for. And uh, so don't wait to give. Um, and on the evenings of our uh, events, we want to make that available to people who may not attend here but are looking for a place to uh, make a difference at this Christmas time when there's so much need. This is Advent Week 2, right, officially, but we're 3. <laughs> The candle of joy, uh, and uh, we'll catch up here, and I'm looking forward to Pastor Caleb coming. I know that God's timing is perfect, and uh, we had to bump him a couple of weeks ago. He wasn't feeling well. I hope you're feeling okay. I know that so many people have, have experienced some of the flus that are going around, and uh, just, uh, yeah, hope everyone is feeling good today or recovering if you're online because you're not feeling well. Pray that you feel God's healing power today. We're excited about 2023 and beginning uh, the year with our 21 days of fasting and prayer, which will begin on New Year's Day at 6 o'clock Sunday evening, and then we'll have an additional uh, prayer and worship night on the second Sunday night, and then the third, marking those three weeks, concluding with something we've never done, and that is we are going to do a church conference uh, we'll do a Friday night, uh, Saturday uh, leadership time, Saturday evening, and Sunday morning. Pastor Frank Satius and Chris will be here. Uh, Pastor um, uh, Lewis and uh, Adriana uh, Silva from Ottawa will be here. Uh, these are great family members and part of MFI, uh, the family of churches that we belong to. And Cameron and Sandra Jeffs from Kingston uh, are going to come to be a part of a prophetic emphasis as they're going to pray and release the word of the Lord. And um, I know it's going to be a great time. And you're going to want to be a part of the whole weekend. Say whole weekend. I'm telling you about it now so you can already start to get ready for that. And I believe that God's going to speak to us very specifically uh, in this season uh, as we're moving, moving forward. New Year's um, is a great time to do that as we give our best and our first to the Lord at the beginning. We do this each and every year. But on Friday evening, we, had, uh, we have something here called Seeds. And when you raise your hand on a Sunday, uh, either online or in the room, we encourage you to go to Seeds. The Bible says that when we invite Jesus to come into our heart, we receive the incorruptible seed, a seed of, of eternal life that begins to grow inside of us. And we want everybody to tend to their uh, new journey with Jesus. And so we offer a course to do that. And at the end of the course, um, Lene and Murray help us with that. They're amazing teachers and amazing kind of custodians of new believers. Yeah. And those are people that are initiated that clapping or people that have been recipients of just their love and care. And uh, but Friday evening, uh, we have a Holy Spirit um, experience night where we want uh, people that are new to the Lord uh, to experience the power of his Holy Spirit. 
And Friday evening was unusual. Um, the height of the anointing, God speaking to people, um, it really was something there was it. It wasn't usual. Um, and I don't even. God's never usual. God's always pushing the envelope and doing more. But I felt like it was indicative of the season we're coming into, and I think we should expect uh, the Holy Spirit to be doing more and more in our midst as we have more and more faith. And God's people said, amen. and so switch the word from amen to more. God's people said, more. yeah, more, Lord, because that's what He wants to do. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, start um, the candle of joy. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. <laughs> that should have worked. Didn't. I bring you... Good news that will bring great joy, that's what we're talking about this morning, great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of clothing, lying in a manger. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today as we sang about uh, joy, joy unspeakable, great joy, Today we would understand the promise of joy. And for some, this morning online, here in the room, we need to light that candle of joy again. Let that be so, and let it be done in the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Everybody said, amen. There was a dad at the Walmart the other day, and uh, he's pushing his cart, and he had his toddler uh, in the seat, you know, this little guy that was facing him. And uh, the little toddler, he'd had enough. He was, lo he was losing his mind. <laughs> he was screaming, carrying on, the temper tantrum. The whole thing was happening. But you could hear this guy uh, uh, talking just quietly, but really consistently. And he was, he was pushing along going, Freddie, don't cry. Freddie, we'll be home soon. Freddie, don't scream. Freddie, you're, you're going to be okay. And then the lady that was, he's by this time in the line, and the lady, it was a lady that heard him, and she just had a gift of empathy because she just kind of went over and go, sir, I just wanted to tell you how impressed I am at the way you're handling your son. And, and she looks down, and, and the gentleman responded to her and said, ma'am, that's not Freddie. I'm Freddie. <laughs> you ever felt like Freddie? talking yourself through the day, life's hard, everything seems weighty, heavy, and yet the promise of Christmas is joy, in fact, great joy. And I want to take a couple minutes before I talk about joy to talk about happiness because there's a lot of confusion uh, about the two, and there's a lot of conversation about happiness, and I hear phrases uh, like, I deserve to be happy. I'm going to take care of myself. And I think self-care is super important. And I'm thankful that, you know, we are turning some attention toward people that, you know, need to take care of themselves and need to be aware of what's happening in our lives and our mental health. And, and definitely, you hear me talk about that all the time. And I agree with that. But when you make happiness your pursuit, the pursuit of your life is happiness. I deserve to be happy there's a problem with that because that pursuit will end really in a, in a, worse, in a worse situation. 
Um, because the problem with, with making happiness your pursuit is that it's, it's circumstantial. So certain circumstances make us happy. And it's external. It's things that are happening uh, outside of us, not inside of us. In other words, if things are going really well and I like what's happening or who it's happening with, then I'm happy. But if you make happiness your pursuit, you become the center of your universe. So your life and your universe doesn't get any big, bigger than yourself. And so you're it, and you want the world to revolve around you. And so there's a, everybody's using the word narcissistic, and that guy's a narcissist, or that gal's a narcissist at work. And what we're saying when we use that phrase is that exactly that. They're very unaware of anybody else in the universe, very self-aware in a, in a wrong way, and they are looking for and pursuing their happiness. I deserve happiness, which also means um, you become a seeker of pleasure, so you will become a hedonist, <laughs> um, and because you have to keep getting a higher high in things that will make you happy in your pursuit. But it also means you will get rid of whatever or whoever doesn't make you happy. Tracking with me? And so happiness, well, it sells, that's for sure. It's a huge, huge uh, industry um, in today's world. Um, multi, multi, multi billions of dollars to try to sell you happiness. And so if we look at, um, and I'm going to turn just because for some reason my um, notes didn't uh, put this. If I can have the next slide with the chart. No chart? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, I could pull this up for me. So I'll, uh, I'll walk you through this. You should have it in your notes. Uh, if you didn't get a set of notes today, just uh, put your hand up. We'll get those to you right now. And so happiness is external. It's on the outside of us. Happiness uh, responds to something that is circumstantial. It's an emotion. And it's, I'm not downplaying happiness. It's a great thing. I'm just not saying it should be, as a Christ follower, the thing that we are most pursuing. And that's why I'm differentiating. It's an emotion. Uh, it's having what you want. <laughs> having what you want. So uh, I, I, I need to do a series into the new year. I'm I want to talk about just to parents, and we sometimes do parental things in February around relation, kind of our relationship month. But it concerns me watching parents, kind of um, today's parents that are kind of moving to the extreme, to the other side of how maybe my, you know, my generation's parental. We just took charge. We we were very strong. We were strict, um, and. Our, our, our kids have moved into the other direction where we want to make our kids happy. Our kids need to be happy. I got news for you, mom and dad. The world isn't about being happy. And if we're, if we're trying to keep our kids happy, and I'm watching parents bribe their kids. If you be really good, mommy, we'll get you a big surprise. How about just be good because we need you to comply because we're teaching you obedience because there's a God in heaven and he wants us to obey and we need to teach you how to obey so you can obey God when you get to be a big adult and you don't need people to be making you happy and bribing you. That's not in my notes and I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> Having what you want. It's pleasure-based. 
It's pleasure-based. When our pleasure center is stimulated, we feel happy. It's inconsistent, and it's temporary. As opposed to joy in your notes, and let's see if this will pull up in my, pull up here in my um, notes. Okay, is it gonna help me here? It's not going to. Can someone just run me up a set of notes? I just thank you so much. I don't wanna miss this. So joy is internal as opposed to external. If, you have your, if you're looking at your chart, um, and you have it, so I'm not just gonna read it, not gonna reread it for you, but just bring some, kind of fill in the blanks. Independent of circumstances, you can actually experience joy regardless of the circumstances that you're presently in, the, the gift of Christmas, the gift of joy. And joy, as we're gonna see today, is a choice. It becomes an act of your will. You choose to be filled with joy. Joy is not having what you want, listen to this, but it's loving what you have. Yeah, yeah. And so that leads us to the next word of contentment. And when you're content and you learn contentment, it's like after having a great meal and you kind of push away from the table going, ah, and you're content because you're filled. You're filled. Now we get hungry again and we eat again, but joy actually is something not circumstantial as you can see, but eternal. And there's a sense in which we are filled with the Holy Spirit, therefore filled with the joy of the Lord. And that becomes our strength in life. And it is consistent and it is eternal. Thanks, Reg. I'll just put your put your notes right there. All right. So the uh, Christmas. The promise of Christmas is great joy, and it was to be a gift to all people. And as we're in a relationship with Jesus, we can experience and live in, say live in, joy. Today we want to light that candle. James says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, troubles of any kind, nobody knows. I've been having fun singing. I was trying to get the... Da 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 happy. <laughs> I couldn't get it. Shouldn't have even tried. Um, and so, troubles of any kind. And we face troubles. Our Christian walk, it, it includes suffering, and the Bible's clear about that. But it's not suffering devoid of joy. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So in the trial, in the pain, in the difficulty, there's actually a doorway, there's an opportunity to experience great joy. Number one this morning is we're talking about lighting the candle of joy. Maybe a little different than you thought, because I'm not talking about happiness, but I'm talking about this eternal reality of contentment and of joy in the Lord. The gift of joy can be found in the presence of pain. It can be found in the presence of pain. Let me talk to you about that. A number of years ago, I had a gentleman come to me to talk about his marriage. He was unhappy in his marriage, uh, and he just shared some very real pain about the relationship. Uh, they had attended uh, another church, not, not here at Harvest, another church I was involved in at the time. And uh, he just began to express that pain and the, the lack of disconnect, uh, or not the lack of disconnect, but the great disconnect in their relationship. And as I was listening, I could, I could hear him say a number of things, and I often will take jot down notes uh, just to kind of track what's happening as we're talking together and we offer some wisdom and what God might be saying in the circumstance. And I heard him say that, he said, you know, she doesn't look after herself anymore. 
She's depressed and she's negative and man, the negativity, everything, everything is wrong, everything is bad, everything is oh blah. It's just it's so negative. She's, she's not positive. I just don't think anything will make her happy. She just doesn't seem interested in me anymore. She doesn't want to hang out with me. And I was listening to that and and uh, I feel like a word of wisdom dropped into my heart, just a supernatural thought from God. And I asked him this question. I said, so if she were taking care of herself, how would you treat her differently? He said, oh, man, like, like, like you mean if she was like, like working out and just looking good? And man, I tell you, I'd be telling her all the time, honey, you hot. Wow, you're looking good. You are amazing. Hey, how would you like me to take you out? We'll go buy some new clothes. And I mean, hey, let's, let's do that. Okay. I said, and so if she were being positive all the time and happy, how would that change you? How, how would that change the relationship? Oh, well, I'd be happy, and I'd be positive, and it would be amazing. And I, she, I wouldn't be getting down all the time because of all the negative stuff that she's bringing into the relationship. And I said, okay. And I said, if she were wanting to hang out with you, what would you do? Oh, I'd be taking her places. We'd be, going, we'd be doing stuff. We'd be, we'd be connecting. All right. <laughs> I said, well... Your pain has great opportunity today for great joy. <laughs> and here's what I said to him. I said, and it's not rocket science, but I, I really feel like in its simplicity, it really was a word from the Lord. I said, I want you, and we went through the things he had said, I want you to treat her for two months' time as if all of the things you said were happening and that, that you described. And so... Tell her she's awesome, she's looking great, she's amazing. Let's go to the mall and buy some new clothes. Let's, let's take, tell her that you're going on a date. Don't, if she says, oh, I don't wanna go there, it's okay. Just say, that's oh, okay, honey. Do you have another place? We'll go wherever you want, but we're going out tonight. And, and, I, and I said, and, and the negativity, um, pretend it's not there, and you just, woohoo, raise your positivity. I checked in with him a month later. He said, Pastor, my, my marriage is completely different. He said, she has changed so much. <laughs> I didn't want to break it to him, but I did. <laughs> His attitude changed. Now, here, here's the thought. Here's the thought. If you're going to wait for the pain to leave, before you start deciding for joy, you will miss your opportunity. If you're gonna wait for the pain to leave, I'm not happy. I know. But in the pain, you can experience joy. But if you're gonna wait for pain to go until you feel happy so you can have joy, no, you can have joy to experience a true emotion of happiness because you've, you're, you're thinking about the opportunity. So James says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So I just want to tell you, I know we don't want to, this is hard even for me to say, it's a challenge, but we'll not have the job we want until we love the job we have. 
You will not have the life you want until you love the life you have. Begin looking for the opportunity for joy. How do we do that? Jesus tells us in Hebrews, or excuse me, the Hebrew writer talking about Jesus tells us how to do this in Hebrews 12. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, he's our example, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he endured pain, he endured the highest level of suffering ever any human has ever suffered. And the Bible said he has suffered every kind of pain. He was born in a manger to experience life as a human being, and yet without sin, but he is sympathetic, the Bible says. He is empathetic, he is our high priest, and he knows how to reach us in our suffering and in our pain, but he gives us the example of how to do do that, he he uh, uh, endured the cross. He didn't go, oh, I'm going to the cross. This is the greatest thing ever. No. He endured that pain. How did he do it? For the joy set before him, for the joy you sitting in this room today, you experience eternal life. Your healing, the people ahead uh, that have b- before us, ahead of us, the people that, that, that would receive eternal life, the very act of the cross, the changes that would happen on planet Earth because Christ followers would begin praying. Jesus saw that, that the victory of the cross before it happened. He saw that victory. He put it in front of him. He said, I can get through this because this is an opportunity for that to happen. In every pain that we're facing, there's a door into opportunity for joy. And how do we do it? How did Jesus do it? Jesus got a vision for what was ahead. He saw the joy in the opportunity. This morning, Jesus wants to give you a vision of what's ahead. And we need this vision. We need his perspective. We need the word of the Lord to come into our hearts. We need that assurance. We call it hope as the Holy Spirit begins to breathe into us and we begin to see in the Spirit that yes, I'm experiencing this right now, but this is an opportunity, a great opportunity for me to experience joy, to embrace joy in this moment so that I can get through the suffering and the pain. Can I tell you this morning, mom or dad, that Jesus wants you to get a vision for your children and not see them as they are right now, not to see them in the difficulty. If you might, you have maybe little kids and it's hard, or you have grown adult kids and they're not serving the Lord and they're going in directions that you're just going, my goodness, why won't they come to Jesus? Can I tell you this morning, get a vision. Get some vision. Ask Jesus to show you. He will show you. He wants to stir you so that as you come in that place of pain, now I'm experiencing, I can get through this. There's a there's another side of this. I'm getting to the other side. They're getting to the other side. I have a vision. I've got a vision for my marriage. I've got a vision for my finances. I can see where I'm going. Why is that important? I think I saw Norm and Linda over there in their seats. They're not your seats, but they're the seats you sit in every week. <laughs> Norm uh, likes to put puzzles together, and I've liking, I like to um, torment him once in a while by buying him a 4,000-piece puzzle. And, and, and I saw him, I, he'll post online the puzzles he does. Like some of them, I'm like, like they, they, they don't, 
Yeah, they're just, how do you put them together? He's done some where it's not the picture, it's the actual, the shape. You have to find the shape. So that's weird and unusual. It doesn't work in my illustration this morning, but I was inspired by Norm a number of years ago, and I thought, like, you know, he just talked about how much, how much joy it brought him and peace, and he sits at the table, and he puts these puzzles together, and and I thought, I'm going to try this. So I went out and got a 400-piece. I thought I'd start with something reasonable. And I, I, Seth was with me. He's a little uh, younger. Um, he was kind of mid-teens. And uh, he, go, he looks at me, and he, like, I, I'm choosing the puzzle. He's standing beside me in the store. I'm, I'm looking. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to get a puzzle. He goes, no, you're not. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> Dad, you can't do puzzles. You, you cannot do it. And I thought, yes, I can. I get the 400 piece. I get home. And I, you know, Norm said, you, you spill them out. You put them all together. And then you put the box, the picture of what the puzzle is. You put that where you can see it. And then you begin putting the pieces. Well, I got a corner done. It took me two weeks and I gave up. Chris put it in the box before, I, back in the box before I even knew what had happened to it. And, and then I asked, where's my puzzle? She said, I threw it in the garbage. You're not doing a puzzle. <laughs> but the illustration this morning is this. Regardless of how broken your life feels today, how the pieces of your life are all over, or the pieces of your loved ones, or the pieces of something you're believing in, there's a picture on the box for a reason. It's the vision of where we're going. Get a vision this morning. Jesus wants to set before you the joy. And that doesn't mean you wait for the joy. You embrace the joy in the moment you see the picture and know where you're going. And even in pain, there is great opportunity, the Bible says, for great joy. Don't let pain this morning keep you from seeing your picture. The vision that Jesus is setting before you is on its way. I hope you'll receive it today. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Let's say it together. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Amen. <laughs> Another verse from the Christmas story. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town on the hill country of Judea. Mary's pregnant at this time, and she's heading to her, um, her cousin Elizabeth's house, where she enters Zechariah's home to be greeted by Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Love that. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child uh, that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby, John the Baptist, leapt for joy, leapt for joy. A baby who has no understanding of what makes you happy, what makes you sad, but this life inside of her resonating with the things of God, resonating with the things of the Spirit, resonating with what, with what is happening in the birth of Jesus. That baby leaps with what? Leaps with? It's a supernatural capacity internal. It is a choice. We choose it. John the Baptist didn't choose it. But we choose to be recipients of it, recipients of supernatural joy. 
Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Number two, the gift of joy can be found in the presence of people. The gift of joy is found, should be is found in the presence of people. Our natural inclination in painful times and difficulty, at least mine is, is to be a turtle and to withdraw and to pull my little feet in, pull my head in, and, and you'll, you'll see me, but I'm not present in the room. Um, you'll, you'll, I'm there, but I'm not there. Because what I've done is I've retreated in inside because the pain of that moment is where I'm really existing. And that's not a positive thing. I'm just being candid with you today and vulnerable to say that's not a good thing. Say not a good thing. Especially if you're living with somebody who retreats and kind of pulls in. It's difficult to do life together, and especially to go through the difficulty together when one of the partners decides I'm withdrawing and not choosing joy. But joy is found, can be found, and that's why it's, it's both ways, because it's a choice. Shame will isolate you. And here's the deal. The thing that you're dealing with that's causing you to withdraw, the pain that you're in, regardless if you initiated it, you're responsible for it, or somebody else has caused it, they're responsible for it. But either way, um, here's the deal. Everybody in the room has pain, but nobody wants to go first and say, hi, my name is Roy and I'm in pain. And I would rather not be with people right now. I would rather be in my turtle shell until it goes away. Here's the deal. As Christ followers, one of the most precious and beautiful things is when in our pain we choose to show up with each other because there is a healing that takes place and a joy that is experienced when we show up for each other regardless of what's going on. You tracking with me? Mary showed up for Elizabeth. She's going through her own stuff, teenage pregnancy, all of what we've rehearsed. She finds out Elizabeth, who is past the age of being able to have children. So, so Mary's probably not experiencing the discomfort like Elizabeth is, who we're not sure of her age, but way past, the Bible says, the age of being able to have children. So I don't know, is she 50, 60, 70? I don't know. And, and theologians have ideas. And, and so, here, you know, so she's thinking, wow, if I'm this uncomfortable, how uncomfortable is Elizabeth right now? If this is difficult for me, how, how much more difficult is it for Elizabeth? And so Mary goes to find Elizabeth and shows up for Elizabeth and wants to be there for her. When you show up for someone else, joy will show up for you. When you show up for somebody else, joy, I'm saying this morning, can be found in the presence of people. And this is why a small group is a big deal for us at Harvest. And we encourage that, we, that you don't withdraw. You don't sit in the room with a smile on. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. And that might be an okay response for a Sunday. But it's because you, you can't take the time in this context. But it's not an okay response in a small group. If you're in pain, you can discover joy because someone will show up for you. Someone will show up. You show up and someone will show up for you and you will experience joy. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And this isn't confess your sins in the sense of um, our sins toward God. Only God can forgive sin. 
But what it's talking about is confess your shortcomings. Confess where it hurts. Confess. Be real about your life right now is what it's saying. Because only God can forgive sin. So it's not talking about our sins that we've broken you know, to God. But let's talk about the things that are going wrong in our life. Things I've done wrong. I got angry at my kids this week. Man, I'm really struggling. Life is hard right now. Oh, okay. Confess that to each other. And then somebody isn't going to play Dr. Phil and tell you how to fix that. They're going to go, well, let's just pray. Let's just pray. And then the presence of God comes into that place and it says that we actually can live together. We can live together and be together, but we won't be broken. We'll be whole and healed. The, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 61, to, that Jesus would come to provide for those who grieve in Zion, grieve in the house of God. People, the Christ followers, hurting, grieving to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. If there's someone today here online or here in the room and your life has just basically gone up in smoke, you say, Pastor, this is a heart. You're, you're telling me I can have joy this season in the midst of loss, in the midst of what the, the only thing that's left is ashes, and you're telling me that I can have joy? Yes, Jesus wants to bestow on you the crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy, that oil is symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God wants to put you on his shelf, a trophy of grace, to say, this is how I transform people who receive my joy, who receive what I have for them. Number three, joy in praise. You know, when we come together corporately and, and uh, we celebrate God and we shout like we did this morning, God is great, and, and Ted sings and nails the high note and we're excited and it's amazing and it's awesome and we're like, yeah! And it's beautiful and it's powerful. Praise is powerful. And we are celebrating the victory of what God has done. In many of those songs, we are, we are, it's like, like a team that has won the game. And we're like, yeah! And that's praise. That is legitimately praise. But there is a very, very powerful function of praise that the Bible teaches us about. Teaches us about. And that's when we praise in anticipation of a victory that hasn't happened yet. That we're not praising because the victory has happened, but we're, we're, we are praising God as if the victory has taken place because we see it in the picture. We know that there's been a great opportunity. We're, we're, we're saying we can get, I'm going to embrace joy today. I see a vision of what God has, and I'm now going to worship God and praise God as if the touchdown has already taken place, as if they're already carrying me off the field, as if this thing has already taken place. My God is on the throne. I am the head and not the tail. I will not come under the lies of the enemy. I am going to live in praise. I'm going to live in joy. That is powerful praise. That's the kind of praise that, I, that, that Psalms talks about. Psalm, I believe it's 150, that the praise is a double-edged sword. So one side, the triumph we've already experienced. The other side, the triumphs we will experience. 
giving thanks and faith to a God who fights for us, who's there for us, even in the midst. Your morning is coming. Somebody, you need to know, there is, joy, there is pain in the night, but joy is coming. Joy is on its way. Let me say it this way. Don't allow your problem to be bigger than your praise. Don't let your pain steal your, 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 your vision. Don't let your problem be bigger than your praise. Declare God's word over your situation today and call those things that haven't happened yet into being. Joy in pain, joy in the presence of people, joy in praise. I like every head bowed and every eye closed this morning just before we go. I'm gonna read a scripture over you and I wanna massage it into your spirit. And I'd like you just, as you're sitting, just, just really focus and really get into this moment. The Holy Spirit just wants to touch you right where you're sitting, online, right where you're watching. The Apostle Paul prayed a prayer in Romans chapter 15. I want to pray this very same prayer over you. He prays it over us in this scripture. So the Apostle Paul and I praying together, we two shall agree. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. I pray that God, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. And as I'm praying right now, I ask, Lord, there's, a, there's, there's those that need a vision right now. They need the box. They've lost the box. They've lost the promise of God, what you said you would do. And they've been focusing on the pieces They've been focusing on what doesn't fit. They're frustrated right now because it isn't going together. It's not taking shape the way they thought it might and the way they thought it would. And right now, Lord, I just pray for those that, that are in the pain of the broken pieces, that they would decide right now that the God of all hope is with them. You said you would never leave us and never forsake us. And I come against the lie of the enemy that God doesn't care. I come against the lie of the enemy that God is afar off. I come against the lie of the enemy that God can put everybody else's mess together but not mine. And that right now, that the God of all hope, Emmanuel, God with us, Lord, you would just make yourself so real in this room, so real online right now. Holy Spirit, I pray. And in this moment right now, the box is being flipped up. And here's what God is working on. The restoration of your marriage. The restoration of your children. But 2023 would look different than 2022. There's joy in the morning. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. We talked about hope, joy, and peace in this Advent series. Because you trust in him. You trust in him. I pray that God, the source of hope, joy, and peace, will fill you completely because you're trusting in him. Lord, right now, for those that lost trust, moved into their own strength, we just confess that I do this, Lord, and that means <laughs> we do this. 
but some right now are in their own strength. They're trying to put things together. They're tired. They're weary. They're worn. Jesus, you said, all you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. I will give you rest and peace and joy and hope. And so, Lord, we repent right now. We turn from going our own way. We repent right now, and we, we come back to you. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you with these pieces. And right now, just picture yourself just pushing all those pieces, pieces of your life into the middle of the table. And I want you to focus on the box. And some of you, this is very real. You're actually seeing a box. You're seeing puzzle pieces. And I want you to stare at the box right now and just let Jesus speak to you right here in this moment. He's gonna put his picture on that for you. Just, just watch, watch the box. For somebody, your box had a picture of somebody with, with oxygen in their nose and they, they, they're, they're sick. You've been praying for them but you just saw that oxygen um, come out of there and you're seeing them with a smile and color in their face because God's showing you their healing. God's showing you he wants to heal them. It's a new picture on the box. Just take a moment, locate that for yourself today because you trust in him. Lord, we decide and choose today. We choose the joy set before us. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is good news. You're not overflowing with confident hope because you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. You are overflowing with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, just before we... Pick up our heads. I would like you just to remain every, eye, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, you've never received Jesus into your life. We don't end a service without giving you this opportunity. You've never received Jesus in your life. Today's your day. Today's the day that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. The promise of a life that you can know that he's walking with you. He is for you and not against you. But today you know, you know that you, you're, you're not right with God but you're gonna make it right right now by receiving his forgiveness, by receiving his love into your life. If that's you today, right wherever you are in this room, every head is bowed and eye closed, but just raise your hand up so I can see it. I wanna pray with you today. I wanna pray with you. This is your day. This is your day of salvation. Is there anyone in the room? I don't see any hands today, but perhaps online, and for the sake of somebody online that just texted in, I'm making that decision. Let me just pray this prayer. You pray, you don't have to pray after me, but a prayer, a simple prayer just like this. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you're for me today. I've heard that. You're not against me. I turn from going my own way and I turn to you today, Jesus. Forgive my sin, come in my life. Make me whole and new. I receive it in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed a prayer like that, we believe you're born again. Harvest, would you stand to your feet? Today, let's light the candle of joy. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Someone will dismiss you in just a moment.
Praise His throne. Behold the 